When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This Thursday lunchtime to a Celtic state of mind. I'm Colin Watt and I'm joined by Sean from the Celtic Down Under podcast. Sean, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, it's uh, pretty hot down here. I'm sure it's quite a contrast with you guys. Yeah, absolutely rubbing it in, Sean. I'm dying <laughs> with the cold after running about playing training last night in shorts and t-shirt and you're just saying how warm it is. That's not fair. Look, uh, JP's uh, in the house and he's even wrapped up. <laughs> uh, we are absolutely sweating down here. It's like in the 30s every day. We are very close to getting muted. JP, how are you? Hi, <laughs> good man. What time is it there, Sean? Uh, it's 8.30 p.m. Wow. Never feels so to blow my mind that people are in completely different time zones. <laughs> you can chat to them like this. But uh, I am all right. Uh, just uh, I've been watching more of the World Cup, which is, I, I don't know, I, I didn't really have that much interest in it at the start. and. I found, I found myself, maybe it's the lack of Celtic um, that's made me want to watch just any random game. But I watched the the uh, Morocco game the other night and what a, what a result. I mean, that's surely one of the biggest shocks ever in the World Cup history. I, mean, I don't I didn't, I didn't, a tournament of shocks so far. I didn't watch the aftermath, like the... The back in the studio or anything like that, so I didn't get any of the the, the, the the details or the patter about it. But I mean, I've not I've not read anything online. But I, 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 surely to God, that's one of the biggest ever shocks. I mean, is that the first time Morocco ever were qualified to this level to this stage of the competition? I believe yeah. so. Yes. Yep. Uh, we've had uh, Ivory Coast and Ghana have both gone to the last date, I think. Right. Uh, but it's funny because Morocco, despite being 
and Africa are almost a Middle East team uh, because of the kind yeah. of Islamic uh, connection. So they're really being backed by all the Qatari and Saudi and Emirati fans at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. probably more so than the, the African fans. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, it's been a fantastic tournament, in my opinion, so far. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of should the tournament be there, should this have happened, should that have happened. But when they actually look at the football that's been on play, that's for me, it's been some of the best standard of football at a World Cup I've seen in a long, long time. Um, you're talking about surprises. Obviously, we saw Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. As you've got the jersey hanging up behind you, JP. Um, Japan beating Germany. Um, even South Korea coming back to beat um, Portugal to get themselves through. It's been a, a tournament of shocks, but it's been a tournament of great football as well. Even some of the nil nils you're sitting there going, that wasn't a boring game of football. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Australia beating Denmark. That was a big one. To be fair, that was a bad game. Australia did not play well in that game. Uh, but uh, we did play well against Argentina. Uh, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the the standard being much higher. Uh, when you contrast it to, uh, was it the Brazil one, where there were so many games were no nil and the average goal scored per game was like two. Uh, the standard is much higher in this game. You even get teams that would be considered an also ran normally, like Saudi Arabia, uh, beating Argentina, and, and deservedly, you know, that goal that, I forget the boy's name, that scored the second goal, that was an absolute worthy of a goal that he scored. Uh, so there's not too many ditties anymore. Depends where you're looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Croatia, Miss Croatia, you're talking about? <laughs> um, but no, it's been a, a good tournament, but obviously focusing on the Celtic contribution to it, we have um, just Joseph Juranovic left. Um, it was good to see, obviously, the guys getting through um, to the, the last 16. Joseph, obviously, moving on to the last eight with Croatia. That'll be a very difficult tie, um, I think, for um, Croatia coming up. But we're going to speak about one of the players that sort of stood out for me, certainly, in that Australian team, and that was Aaron Moy. And we go back to when we signed Aaron um, back in the summer. And at the time when we were talking about the signing, me, myself included, I didn't think it was a great signing for Celtic. I know, Sean, you guys had really paraded this signing and were speaking about how influential he could be into that Celtic team. Um, and I, I agree with you now. I've went full 180 on Aaron Moy since he signed for Celtic. I can see what he offers to the team. But it's a role that only very few players can play. Um, to have the influence in the game without being the quickest, without being the most physically dominant. But if you take sometimes a player like that out of the squad, and I think you, you kind of notice it, and that's why Australia's played him almost to the death in every game. He's so influential because he's the first one that's there trying to win the ball back, trying to get the attack going forward. Um, especially when you look at them almost equalising against Argentina the other night, he was the one that was digging in there to try and get that ball going to get the attack going forward. And there's players like that. I mean, JP, we had Scott Brown, but I don't even think looking at that, he's he's a kind of totally different player despite playing a very similar role. Yeah, I don't think he had. I don't think Scott Brown... I think if Scott Brown had the range of passing that Moy had, I don't know if we would have been able to hold on to Scott Brown. <laughs> Put it that way, because... I know there's a lot of people that didn't fancy him when he came in and everyone was questioning the fact that we were signing somebody that was over the age of 30 and kind of because he'd been in 
he'd been in China, right? Is that where he'd been? Yeah. Uh, yep. I think I think anybody that gets that gets signed from there, or indeed a manager that comes from there, it, it's, it feels like they've kind of waved the white flag in their career by going there just for the money, and they're not going there to better themselves as a footballer or anything like that. So there's question marks all over the place about that signing, but rather than just being like blindly loyal to Ange Postecoglou, which Maybe there's an element of that. I, I just completely had trust in the manager. I didn't think that it was a signing that was brought in from um, behind his back or anything like that. I thought it was clear it was his signing. He wanted the player there. And yet again, Ange Postecoglou has been proved right. <laughs> Anybody, like, and I always think it's weird when people jump on a player before they've really had a chance to prove themselves because all, all that player can do is shut the likes of us up by with their performances and and make us look stupid. So I, I've always I've always been in the camp to give people a chance before they, you know, before they have have had the opportunity. Yeah, and Sean, when when you obviously had saw Aaron playing a lot closer than what we had, we probably last seen him when he was down at Huddersfield, um, kind of kicking about the the Premiership and the Championship. But there is just something about the style of play. I mean. John Hill comes in here with a good point, saying when Moy runs, he still looks as if he's walking, and he's very deceiving on the eye. He's one of those players that, if you're maybe watching the game on the television, you don't understand the contribution he puts in to the squad. It's maybe when you're watching him in the flesh, you see his movement, and you see how he's always available to get on the ball. And when you're playing the style of football that Ange Postecoglou wants to play, even not being the most technically gifted, having that ability to always want the ball, to always be there to receive the ball, it's all part of that build-up to getting the ball forward. Yeah, and there was... I, I do... like He's a, obviously a very technically gifted player. And what uh, the contributor saying there about how he kind of glides rather than runs uh, is very accurate because of his technical ability. You know, they say the first five yards is in your head sort of thing. Uh, but one thing that he does do sometimes is he gets... I don't want to call it pondersome, like he's almost waiting for things to develop in front of them and he gets caught in the possession for that reason because he knows he can make that killer pass so he's just kind of waiting sometimes for uh, that to open up in front of him. Uh, and that kind of, so when it, when it works, it works. Like when we smashed Ross County in the cup, uh, he was man in a match. And then the next game he plays in the number six role against St. Mirren and he gets absolutely exposed uh, by Keanu Bacchus, uh closing him down every time he tried to get, you know, every time he tried to be doing that, like kind of pausing to think. And, and after that, Postacoglu moved him into that number eight role and stuck Matt Riley back in the number six. So there, there, is, there is something about that lack of pace that is a problem in Scottish games for him. Uh, but in terms of technical ability, there's no real question. I mean, how good he is. For me, the, there's been a tinge of there was a tinge of disappointment at first, and that kind of continues to now. And that I still prefer Tom Rogic, and would have preferred to have Tom Rogic. And I still miss Big Tom. But uh, Adam Moy is is good, and he certainly showed up well at the World Cup. When I think probably he's been less pressured than he gets in the SPFL. And he's, he's not the only one, I think, who's really showed what he can do at the World Cup. Dyson Maeda is another one who has come under fire um, quite a few times from different groups of the fan base, JP. Um, you, you take a look at his contribution this season. He's only got 
um, four goals from 22 games. But the way he played for Japan the other night, the way that the the sort of um, the people in the studio were talking about him as well, it was almost as if it was like a kind of key gemstone to be part of a team that is a high-pressing team. And that's what Celtic are built on, but just really not seen it so often from Dyson at Celtic so far this season. Well, you say that, I think he's probably responsible for potentially wearing opponents down for others to do damage. If you take Dyson Maeda out of some of the victories we've had this season, maybe we don't get those victories without his his efforts. I mean, you saw what it was like in that game the other night. He was pressing the keeper from the word go, and the, the commentators were just like, whoa, this guy's, this guy's made of something. And then, then the co-commentator, I forget who it was, sort of said, obviously because Japan hadn't scored at that point, and they were like, yeah, he gives you all this, gives you all the energy and all the, the pressing, but what are you sacrificing for that, uh, for, to have that, that kind of player? You're obviously, because he's the striker up front and you're wanting him to score a goal, and then he scores his goal, and the guy kind of has to eat his, I can't remember who it was, but he had to kind of eat his words a bit, because he's like, well, he's given you all that, and he scored a crucial goal, which mm-hmm. took it to to pens um, or uh, led to going to pens. So, I, 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 a guy sat next to me one of the European games and said he was a fraud. A, a Celtic fan, like openly said, like I mean, he was a bit drunk and obviously a bit loose with his words, but he was like, "That guy's a, a fraud" and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, he's definitely not a fraud. He, he might not be the top goal scorer at any point in his career at Celtic, but. I think he gives something that not many other... It's like, well, like you were saying about Moy, Postacoglu has assembled a, a squad of players that have all their own individual attributes who can bring something to the to the table. That's the way I see it. And when have we ever been blessed, really, with a squad where you've got guys that you can go, oh, he's the best at that, he's really good at that, that's his skill set. There's nobody else in the squad that can do that. And we've kind of got it a bit. Yeah, and that's what we're saying here. There's This is a proof that not all signings fit a mould now. When you think back to what your striker would traditionally be sort of bought for, you're talking about he'll come in and he'll score 20, 25 goals a season. Um, and he'll be there and he'll be the sort of poacher in the box. And sometimes he'll be the strong guy that holds up the plane. Traditionally, when we used to go away from, from home in Europe, you were saying, saying right, who are you going to put up there? Who's going to hold up the ball? Who's going to build up the play? Now, as you're saying, with the sort of technical attributes that some of these players have got, like Maeda to close down and to run, um, <clears throat> sorry, to run for 90 minutes and to really put pressure on the back lines of defences, um, it's almost as if we spoke last year about Postacoglu having a plan A. But this is sort of plan A, point one, point two, point three. It's sticking to the same strategy, Sean, but it's adapting to the way that the other team sets up so that if we've got a defence that we're coming up against that's really slow, then you put Maeda up and you tell him to chase onto it. If you're having a slower technical game away from home, like Ross County, as you mentioned earlier on, you can play someone like Aaron Moy in that position and he can control the game. Whereas if you're coming up against... Um, sometimes uh, wingers or defenders who like to get further forward and you want to pin them back. If you've got Leela Bada coming down one side and Jota coming down the other, 
as we've seen in the, the Derby games so far this season, they don't get a chance to go forward. So it's not changing too much away from Ange's philosophy. It's just suiting the game and the tactics or that will be best suited for the opposition. Yeah, and to be fair, though, in Scotland, there's not as much variance as you get when you go into Europe. That's been our kind of problem, hasn't it? Uh, we're In Europe, we're all perspiration and, and no inspiration. And uh, But in Scotland, the variation's so narrow between teams. I mean, St Mirren did something that was unexpected when they kind of had that uh, medium level block instead of the low block and then they had uh, their midfielders strangling the space with the fullbacks usually interact with the wingers and then they allowed the wingers to go outside but then suffocated them stopped them coming inside so they really did a good job of that and it'll be interesting to see when we play them again if it was a, a flash in the pan or not um but yeah the whole um the, the reason that Postacoglu has these players, you're right, is you know different qualities for different oppositions and different uh, occasions. And, and it can also just be within a game. And the fact is that he trusts everyone to play the system well enough uh, and bring their own qualities. And I believe he's said in the past, like where when you get into the final third, it's almost, um, you know, it's almost kind of, I know it's not, but it, it certainly it's, at first it was to be unscripted to try and, do something unexpected to try and go on instinct. Uh, and I know he's kind of built on that since then with uh, his third man runs and things, that sort of thing. Uh, but it, it certainly is something when a player is new to the system that he does look for. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at the appearances that um, each of the forwards has played this season. There's only a couple of games in it between, um, the, um, you look at Maeda, 22 games, Abada, 22 games, Jota, 17 games, Jack and Marcus, 21 games. So it's keeping those players um, fresh, keeping them active in the team so that when you have to turn to these players, it's not as if they're coming in off the cold, JP. And I think that's sometimes what used to be our biggest problem is if we picked up an injury here or there, you were getting a guy in that maybe hadn't played 90 minutes for three or four months. But now everyone seems to be kind of part of a squad. There's no necessarily key players, everyone has a key role to play in the team now I, I can't remember uh, in my time watching Celtic, I can't remember a squad being so well used as this in terms of it's, he's, he's, obviously he has his first picks, usually it's, but even, even saying that you know, you, you're talking about Greg Taylor he happily puts in uh, Burnaby now, and he'll happily put in Ralston instead of Juranovic He'll switch about centre-halves as well. I don't recall ever having a squad where you kind of do have trust in the majority of the players to come in and, and fulfil a role and be, like you say, be invested in what's going on. They're not are not out in the cold. There's, I mean, obviously, there's the paper talk about Jack and Marcus. We don't know if that's got any substance to it at all, but I wouldn't have thought Jack and Marcus is sitting there going... Oh well, I'm not playing week in week out, and and playing ninety minutes week in week out. Therefore, I'm not happy. I very much doubt that's the case. If if he wants to go elsewhere, it's probably because either his agent's angling for a move, or he's thinking about if I've only got one chance to move again, I better do it now. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. 
Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I would have thought that. I'd certainly, it doesn't seem to me like he's an unhappy player in the in the squad. And to be honest, maybe I'm being naive, but I don't really see many players that are in the first team or in or around the first team being unhappy at, at what they're currently experiencing with this manager and this this site. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Sean, on you go. So I was going to say that's something that like top managers uh, do and have to do nowadays. Uh, big clubs have to manage big squads. Uh, if you remember back to when Celtic were stacking up players under the likes of Lennon and Mowbray, the, the chat that came out publicly was, uh, the squad's getting too big. And I don't know if that was kind of Lawwell doing the strings thing. Um, but it's something that uh, Brendan Rodgers, Claxon, uh, was uh, always good at, was um, saying stuff like get making sure everyone was recognised as playing their role like even the, the kit man and the tea lady and all that sort of thing. He'd, like, he'd make sure everyone was applauded and recognised so that even if you are only playing like uh, 30 to 60 minutes a month, that you it's important that you know that that's contributing to success. And even if these players aren't starting or even if they aren't getting regular minutes, they're uh, being a competent opponent in training is a, a measure uh, contributes to success uh, being ready to absolutely hit the ground running is, is a measure of success this is something we've not really had to worry about under the likes of uh, Rodgers and Postacoglu is when these players come off the bench they come off and they play if these players come into the squad after not playing starting in the previous four games they're ready to play James Forrest comes in scores a hat trick uh, if you think back to the past you'd have things like Lee Griffiths coming out and publicly complaining, oh, I can't get fit unless I get a run of starts. Uh, Georgia Samaras doing it privately, going and saying to Lennon, if you want me to play well, you have to give me a run of starts. This doesn't happen under Postacoglu. These players are all ready to go uh, before they even set foot on the pitch. That's a good point. Um, when you look at it now, we are still in the process of adding to this squad, um, especially as we came up against our first uh, well, what would you call it? Mid-season friendly, not pre-season friendly. Mid-season friendly um, against Rain on Saturday. Um, a lot of hush hush about this game, by the way. There's not been any real confirmation on what time kickoff is. If it's going to be on TV for us to watch, it's it's almost as if it's going to be a behind closed doors affair, and we'll find out afterwards. That's been I can't remember the last time Celtic played a friendly like that that was so sort of publicly known as well because Rens came out and already confirmed the tie. So. Um, yeah, a bit a strange one, although did any of you catch the Almeria Hearts game from I Sunday? I seen the I seen what happened, yeah. That was it was hilarious but also tragic at the same time. Did I, you see, JP? I did I did see the clip on Twitter, right? But it's not the first time Hearts have had bother in a friendly do you remember did Craig Levine not stick the head on a fellow player in a friend in a I can't remember who it was. I, it, I do remember that. So they've got a history of violence and friendlies. So maybe Celtic took a look at that and went, mm, we'll maybe just wait and see what happens again and uh, 
stick it behind closed doors for 90 minutes and we'll just give you a score. I'm just glad I'm not going on a... I got the bus to Ren for that game uh, in the Europa League. In what? The Kazuri game? No, the September 2019 one where we oh, did... Where, okay. where did um, did uh, Bio not get sent off? Quite harshly, I think. I think Bio got sent off, and we. I remember sending off. Don't remember who it was against. And we, it was Ren, and we drew. I think we drew one-one. And Graham Hogg, aye, that's right. Yeah, aye, good shout. That's who Craig Levine stuck the nut on. Either hooked him yeah. or, or or stuck the nut on him. One of the two. Uh, there was very very grainy footage released of it from like zoomed in from a distance, and you just saw him, the guy going down. But uh, I, I got a bus all the way to Ren. It was like. From the Gallagate, it was absolute bedlam on that bus for 24 to 26 hours or something like that. People just <laughs> talk about our team not stopping. Everybody in that bus did not stop drinking and other things as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just like a, a non-stop nightclub all the way to Wren on wheels. Uh, an interesting yeah. experience. I always make sure you, you give the driver a good tip on days like that because it's absolutely against the law to drink on a bus. He so, deserved a medal yeah. for that. I tell you, more, more than a tip, he deserved a medal to, yeah. work, to wear a as like a badge of honour for um, being able to cope with the level of noise and just general mayhem. Um, I, I, I don't know. You have to have a certain screwless to go in a bus for that long to go and watch a football team play for an hour and a half, and then basically get the bus straight back after the game. There was two drivers, so like one did the one the way there, and then the other one did, or they swapped it about. I don't know if that is true from Red Scotland, but he's coming in saying my cousin was the driver of one of those buses. He was as drunk as the passengers. No joke. I mean, uh, I, I do I'm, not advocate that at all. But would that have been possible, JP? I'm glad I'm finding that out now and not uh, <laughs> at the time because um, I dare say I would have been feared fearful for my life if that was the case, but I, I, I really don't think it is true. Right, well, um, maybe I'll read Don't say the name, Red. We're, we're not grasses on here. Don't give oh, oh, any names. I'll reevaluate my method of transport for the next European game. <laughs> but uh, what you were just saying there, what was it, a... Uh, a non-stop nightclub to Ren. That sounds as if it could be uh, one of Kevin Graham's latest poems. <laughs> if you just recollect the story, he'll put it into poetry. <laughs> um, no, so obviously Ren coming up on Saturday, um, and we're talking about signings fitting a mould. We've obviously brought in uh, Yuki Kobayashi and also Alistair Johnston. Um, Alistair Johnston coming in as a right-back we believe it will be Joseph Juranovic's replacement. Um, JP, I've seen a couple of people saying, you know, Canadian internationalist, that's all great, excuse me, but is that the standard of player that can come in and replace someone? Now, I think one, that's a bit derogatory towards Canada and the squad that they've put together. You take a look at guys like Alfonso Davies, who's obviously playing for Bayern Munich, um, you take a look at the boys at James up front uh, that was playing in France. There's some really good players in that Canadian squad in the building. Um, it's not just like the way it used to be with Jose Altador up front. Um, and uh, would you call him at, this at Rangers with a like to salute how he used to get in the squad? They're actually building a team there that, and we saw how impressive they were at that tournament. So the fact that this guy is quite highly rated. Um, I'm actually quite excited to see what he brings in and 
for me, the one thing that this will probably suit is Tony Ralston. Because Tony Ralston will probably be given the jersey at first and Alistair will be told to try and get the, the, the jersey off him. And we've seen when it comes to that and when um, Ralston was given the reins last season, it was very difficult to get him out of that position. Mm-hmm. And if you can develop him even further, that's a good thing on both sides. I'll be like exactly the same position, situation as Taylor and Burnaby. Probably. Exactly. Um, and again, it means that you're retaining a Scottish player in Ralston because I said this to Paul the other week, it's, it's good to have Scottish players in the first team and playing regularly and influencing guys that are coming in. I did see a quote from somebody saying that uh, who would you compare um, Alistair Johnston to? And the guy said Danny McGrain. I'm like, steady on now. That's <laughs> that's like when uh, the guy next to me or the guy behind me compared Raphael Scheidt to Billy McNeil after like one game or something like that. He said, oh, look at the way he's running back to the halfway line there. It reminds me of big Billy McNeil. And I was like, Right, I think that's probably going to come back to haunt you, that, that comment. <laughs> and, and it did when he, he was bounced out of the door by Martin O'Neill. But um, I, 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 I don't have any doubts as to the the calibre of the player, regardless of his nationality. Just He's probably, and he seems to be quite a sound guy. Did you see his video when he was in a pub in Milan and he was like, like zooming in on the Selic stuff? I, I know that's a very small thing, but it goes a long way with a lot of people and he's already sort of probably won, won over a lot of people with that kind of pattern, you know? But um, you don't play at the World Cup and you don't play for your international side unless you're a decent player. So, and I... And, <coughs> Jason um, Cummings. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> somebody put up and said, a year ago, Jason Cummings was being substituted for ex-player away like for Dundee away and then a year later he's like hugging Messi at a World Cup at the end of the game yeah as well yeah <laughs> that's, that is wild and Carly but, Devlin manages to take home Messi's jerseys yeah you're living in an alternative reality here I know but Johnston started all their games didn't he um, Cummings wasn't starting for Australia he was there as a squad player and obviously got minutes and fair play to him but Johnston was a obviously a key element of that side. I did like the guy that was playing in front of him as well, that guy Buchanan. Um, I, he had a really good game. I forget which game it was, but there was a game where the commentator must have mentioned Buchanan about 30 times. He just kept saying this guy. Like It made me take notice of him because the, the commentator kept like sort of bigging him up. So I started watching him. And I don't even know what side he plays for, but he looked really, really good as well. I mean, he might... He might be playing his football in Canada. I don't know. Do you know? Do you know I was looking at. Uh, don't know off the top of my head. I was looking at the Moroccan goalkeeper, thinking, "I wonder what club he plays for." Heartbroken when it turned out it's Seville that he plays for. No, really. I, I'd have loved to have saw someone as charismatic as him in a Celtic jersey. That would have been superb. The the one uh, I fancied was the the Serbian goalkeeper. He looked good. Uh, Milinkovic Savic was his name. Same as the outfield player. Uh, he plays for Torino. I fancy him. He great, great with the ball at his feet. Good saving as well. I would definitely take him. Um, what was the other one? I can't remember who the other one was, but I mean, this is what we're talking about. Obviously, these players get a chance to appear on the stage every couple of years, make a name for themselves. Um, and some of them will end up with some massive moves off the back of the tournament. <clears throat> one player that really 
Um, for me, summarise the World Cup is uh, Ochoa for Mexico because he seems to make a big move every four years. Um, he then kind of goes into this sort of hibernation period and then just appears at the World Cup for Mexico and he's just outstanding. What a fantastic penalty save he made the other day. I'm convinced he's the only Mexican goalkeeper I've ever known in my lifetime because he's played, I think, at five World Cups now. Sorry. Ridiculous. Or he's been involved in five World Cup squads. It's ridiculous. What what was the name of that player that Sevco signed that was outstanding for his national team, but then was just an alcoholic when he came here? Do you remember? Uh, Pena. Carlos Pena. Pena. Carlos Pena, that's right. See the guy that might <laughs> nose on a pair of Ranger shorts or something like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, on the point of uh, like signing players from Canada and like using that as a, a, a derogatory uh, statement against the player, like object- objectively, that's <laughs> uh, they finished ahead of the USA uh, in qualifying. They finished ahead of every team in North America in qualifying, uh, and that's teams that have got like players that play for. Uh, I'm not even sure if Pulisic is still at Chelsea, but like, players like that. Um, so it's not an objective statement and to be honest if that sort of snobbery does exist that gives us an edge and that's something we should be taking advantage of Red Scotland and Pena are right we are halfway through today's show we've spoke about some of the new signings coming in we've spoke about the World Cup we've spoke about um, some of the signings but if you cast your mind back probably 11 months ago now not 12 months ago because the winter break has came in uh, a month early this year. Uh, myself and Laura Bradburn took a opportunity to look through um, the squad and the performances so far this season. Excuse me, um, and what we called the sort of halftime scorecard. And now that I'm joined by Sean and JP this year, we're going to take a look at that once again. We're going to rate the players um, on a scale of A to F. Hopefully, there should be no Fs in here. Um, I went through the squad everyone that's going to be rated here will have played at least one game for Celtic this season um, and I'll give you some of the stats on that and we'll have a discussion about each of the players beforehand so I want you guys that are watching us here on a Celtic State of Mind to get involved in the comments section um, let's have some debate on each of these players and let us know what you would score them so first of all we're going to start with uh, Joseph Hart, um, six clean sheets and twenty-one appearances for Celtic this season. Quite a few players. Quite a few people have sort of spoke about maybe it's a position that going forward Celtic will look to strengthen next summer. I think he's someone JP who came in when we had a goalkeeper who basically, unlike myself, couldn't catch the cold, um, and he's offered leadership and solidarity. Um, I assume that Tommy Sheridan there. Um, leadership and solidarity in the heart of the Celtic defence. He's offered someone to rely on. This season, I don't think he's been as impressive as last year. If I was to give him a rating, I'd probably give him a B for so far this season. Aye, there's no way he's getting an A, purely because of that mental pass in the game against... Who was that against? It was a, we're away. My God, I can't remember my... Aye, the, yeah, the away game, uh, Leipzig. Leipzig away. I mean, that... I know that he tried to sort of, I don't know, kind of play it, uh, play it into the. Oh well, that's the manager. What the manager wants us to play like that, and folk were saying that was him throwing Postecoglou under the bus. But I don't really necessarily think that's true. 
who's obviously just put on the spot and had to say something. I mean, he did before that. He did put his hands up and say, "Yeah, it was my mistake." Um, I just think that was such a crucial, crucial time in that game because we were in the game at that point, <laughs> really in the game, and then that happened, and it was there was it was too big a mountain for us to climb after that against a side of that level and quality. So, but I think his bread and butter in the league. He's in the main being good. I know that any mistake a keeper makes at Celtic gets pounced upon. Even if you've got a lot of credit in the bank, like Joe Hart has, you'll still get pelters. And he has got pelters. I've seen it online, heard it in the grounds. Um, people, I think, or quite a lot of people would happily, you know, have us replace him at the first opportunity. But I think, like you said, he's brought a lot more to the table than just his playing. I think he's an important part of that team and, People do respect him and look up to him as to what he's achieved in the game. So I, I would agree with you, B. B for yourself, Jack B. Sean, how have you rated Joe Hart this season? Yeah, I don't really have too much to add that you haven't already said. But I would say uh, if this if he'd just signed in the summer, then I'd probably give him an A. But he set a higher standard last year. Uh, the, the thing that he's kept consistent from last year has been his leadership, but his performances have been less consistent even though they've still been fantastic at times and shaky at others so I would agree with what all the sentiments you guys are saying be. So we're going with a B for um, Joe Hart, some of the comments that we've had coming in, Polymorphosis agrees with us, remains a good leader, some great saves but some poor movement, poor movement <coughs> sorry, poor Moments too, geez, oh. Um And looking like a position ready for an upgrade now. George disagrees, he's given him a D. Uh, that's a bit harsh, I think. But it's very harsh. Everyone's open to an opinion. And James Lafferty says, it's been a class signing. <coughs> Sorry. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. First leadership, especially when we had an unsettled centre-back pairing. So that's the views from you guys on Joe Hart. I'm going to move on now to... Benjamin Seagrest and Sean, you never really had much to say there, so I'll let you have the first go there. 
Yeah, I actually think Ben. I'd give Benjamin Segrist an A, uh, and not because I think he's been better than Joe Hart, but because I think he's been absolutely perfect in playing his role as a backup goalkeeper, uh, in the sense that he supports Hart, and he, when he comes in for cup games or so on and so forth, he's been perfect in those games that he has uh, filled in. So not A because he's better than Hart, but A because he has performed his role absolutely to a T. JP, two appearances, one clean sheet, both of them cup games. Would you agree with Sean there? Aye, I mean, everybody, I think, was pretty happy that we were signing him as as, as a backup because he was quite clearly one of the best keepers, if not the best keeper in the league outside of outside of Celtic. And uh, he does kind of fit that mould of being somebody that is probably appreciative of their opportunity to play at a club like Celtic, knows that there's no way he was going to come in and dislodge Joe Hart as the number one, certainly not straight away. He might have ideas on that. I think he said that at the time, maybe, that he was looking to make the number one jersey his own, and that was his target. Um, so fair play to him on that front, but any time I've seen him, he's not... He's not let us down in any way, not look shaky, not look he looks confident. Just like a lot of the players that come in um when they're when they're asked to contribute. And he, he does that as well. So what rating are you giving him, sorry? Uh I I'll i only say C because he's not really had an opportunity to be A or B. I get an A or a B, so I'd say C. That's exactly where I'm going. I think I would like to see him try and push for that jersey more um, to have that belief about himself that he is every bit as good if not better than Joe Hart that's what I want from my backup goalkeeper I don't just want someone who's happy to sit on the bench and maybe pick up the odd appearance here and there in the cup um, because we've had Scott Bain doing that for a number of years now and he's, he's happily doing that as the third choice goalkeeper so um, I'd like to see uh, Benji really pushing Joe in the second half of this season um, so we've covered the goalkeepers. Uh, as I say, Scott Bain hasn't made an appearance this season, so it's not going to be fair to rate him. Um, let's move on to our defenders and start with Greg Taylor. 20 appearances, two goals for Greg Taylor this season. For me, I think he's just continued where he left off last year. Um, I think he's been a solid, um, reliable option at the back. He's now adding something to his game uh, going forward. JP, I think... He's someone who is very influential um, coming down that left-hand side and creating a lot of chances for us. And two goals for us this season, um, I think he could end up with another three or four because he's just so pivotal down that left-hand side. And some of the positions he's getting himself into, you're thinking, right, this, is the Greg, this isn't Greg Taylor that we signed. This is the Greg Taylor that we've developed at Celtic. Aye, that's, that's a fair point. I'd straight away just jump straight to an A for Greg Taylor because... He's made that left back slot his own, as well as his football and uh, contribution. It seems like he's quite sound as well, <laughs> like like in the dressing room and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of folk have sort of made reference to that. You know, when they do these little interviews with Celtic TV or whatever, Greg Taylor's name comes up quite a lot for things like I don't know, funniest guy or whatever things like that. And I know you're not there to be a funny guy and you're getting paid thousands of pounds a week you're not there to, to entertain but it's good for morale it's good for 
the fact that he's Scottish as well. And I think as well, it just shows that, I mean, everybody kind of knows that he's got no Celtic background. He's not a Celtic fan. He wasn't a season ticket holder. He wasn't a ball boy or anything like that. He's just come to the club and been given an opportunity when at the start, it kind of looked like he wasn't going to get that because he wasn't anywhere near the first team when he was brought in under Neil Wennon. And now he's a mainstay in the team and you know, he easily would be considered an international uh, at that, in that position that had he, if he didn't have what he's got ahead of him uh, in, the, in the pecking order at, in Scotland, at Scotland, like with Andy Robertson and Tierney. So I, I, and the amount of times I've come away from games this season and been like, yeah, Jota was good or Kyogo was good, but Greg Taylor was man of the match. Like how, how he didn't get man of the match in the ground is beyond me. Um, and that's that's rare that you can be, say, be saying that about a left back. Yeah, Sean, I mean, everyone seems to be joining the Greg Taylor fan club and with the performances he's putting in this season, it's understandable why. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how much he's improved. Um, everyone always kind of liked him to an extent because he was always like a, he never did less than a six out of ten. Now he never goes below like seven and a half. Uh, like his positional awareness, his uh, reading of the game has gone up a level. A uh, common criticism they used to have was that his final ball was poor. Well, his crossing's gone up a level and his through balls, incisive passing have gone up two levels. They've been absolutely outstanding this year. Uh, he's got a great partnership with the wingers going uh, and he's added, even added goals to his game. Uh, absolutely an A for me. Just before we move on, I think you have to temper that a little bit where his performance in Madrid wasn't the best, but you have to allow for the quality of the opposition that <laughs> he was up against. He was up against some pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal talent in, in their front three. Um, so I, 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 would, I wouldn't flamethrower him for his performance in Madrid. To be fair, JP, I don't think many people's performances in Madrid, does included, was up to standard as well. So, um... I, Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I thought Matt O'Reilly played pretty well in Madrid, but I, as for the rest... Look, we, I, I, I know we got beat 5-1. To me, it never felt like a 5-1. And I know we got the goal and everyone kind of sort of made a bit of a mockery of that goal, but it felt massive at the time. Yeah. You were there, you felt it in the ground, it was huge. It was, it was a, it proper felt like a boxer on the ropes who was about to go down, but throwing Yuri, one. Yuri coming back and standing up after he was knocked down. Aye, aye, just like throwing one last yeah. punch. Yep. Uh, aye, it was good. Uh, some of the comments here, Ben515, an A for Taylor. Gary Madden, A for improvement alone. Robert Highland and the Urban Culture are giving Taylor a B+. And Polymorphosis also comes in to say, A-plus for Greg Taylor. Always liked him, didn't think he could cut it at Europe, yet he hasn't looked out of place. He's exceeded a very good standard that he set last season and is maturing as a man. So some good comments there for Greg Taylor. Um, I'm going to move on to the centre-halves and Carol Starfelt. Only seven appearances so far, a lot of that due to his injuries, but he has picked up two goals in that time. Sean, have we been impressed with what you've seen of Carl Starfelt since he's came back from injury? Uh, I, I've never been a, a massive fan of Carl, eh, Carl Starfelt. I've, I've always thought he's been uh, a decent player, a decent defender. I've never liked the fact that he's plays on the left of the centre-backs and can't use his left foot in any way, shape or form. Uh, I know he did score that goal with his left foot that uh, 
Jared absolutely ripped me for because I do give him such a hard time uh, for not being able to use his left foot, but it was a tap-in, so I'm not giving him any credit. Um, but yeah, he's he's awkward. He's got a mistake in him, and you see that pretty consistently. Um, and I'm worried that he's going to get... He missed most of the European games this year, and I'm, I'd be worried taking him into next year's Champions League if uh, he was still our left centre-back. What I'm happy with would be to have him as our backup to Carter Vickers on the right. I'm fine with that. I think he is a good defender. I think he can carry the ball and pass it with his right foot. I just feel like he's not the left centre-back we need. Uh, Personally, because of the injuries as well, I'd be giving him a C for this season. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. I think, obviously, two goals in seven games is is not a bad return, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think he is someone who grows into the position once he's played a number of games, as he showed last season. Um, But is he going to get that opportunity with the likes of Maurice Jens and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers? And now, obviously, we're bringing in um, uh, Kobayashi as well and Stephen Welsh is there. So we're thinking, will Starfelt kind of live up to his £4 million price tag, JP? Time will tell. I, I, I would go a C as well, again, purely because, like I said before, he's not really been, he's not played enough football to warrant getting an A or a B. And I wouldn't give him an, give him an A or a B based on what he's what he's played this season. But I, I, like, I like Starfelt. I know that he does look awkward when he does that kind of, like... He just shifts his body, and you see him go to pass, and you're like, "The look that's got a mistake all over it." When he tries to pass it like inside, and it looks really, really dangerous. And he's done it a few times at, uh, at kind of pivotal moments in games when there's like a collective gasp in the stadium when he when he does make that pass, and you think that someone's just going to run onto it and nick it off him or nick it, uh, intercept the pass, basically. But I do, I do like him. Um, I bumped into him in Waitrose in, uh, down in Byers Road and I just said, I'm oh, looking forward to seeing you back in the hoops, big man. And he went, oh, thank you, that's nice. <laughs> so uh, I wee guide him. Didn't get a selfie. I, wasn't a, I didn't go full Declan on him. I just uh, wanted to say, all right. Um, and, and he does get a lot of hassle from, from some of the support. They, they don't seem to... They've never... It's like having anybody makes a decision at the start and then they just dig their heels in and go, right, that's it, I'm not liking this guy like the folk have done with Moy um, and maybe one or two others. But Starfelt seems to really divide the support from from everything that I hear and see. Um, that's what I pick up on anyway. But £4 million pounds is a big outlay. I don't think you could argue that we've we've had value for money out of him. Certainly last season, he was the mainstay with Carter Vickers last season that helped us win two trophies. So, yeah. Yeah, Sean, I think we're going to have to have a word with Paul John because um, we've got JP shopping in Waitrose with Carl Stafford. <laughs> uh, we're kicking about our, our Aldis and Liddles getting everything in for Christmas. And... Not a regular there, by the way. That was a, that was a, a rare moment of... Uh, of uh, flamboyance in my part where I wanted to get told me you were only going in for the free coffee anyway <laughs> um, now let's go through some of the comments before we get uh, Sean's opinion um, I'm going to come back to this in a minute because we're actually all getting rated as well which I wasn't quite set up for but we'll, we'll stick with uh, Starfelt at the second uh, Vincey 3 says B for Starfelt very rarely lets the side down 
Daniel Ayer comes in to say B+. We've seen how much we missed him in the CCV partnership when he was out. Look how many goals we've conceded. That's a very good point. Um, and yeah, let's go into this then. So there have been coaches going around rating us all here. Uh, I'm getting a B. I'm too mild-mannered. Thanks. I, I take that as a compliment. Uh, JP, you're getting a C. Um, oh, I've not seen yours yet, Sean. If uh, <laughs> Colchi wants to come back in, um, Paddy Lavery saying I'm getting a C for cough bottle. I could absolutely take that. And the underwater cabbage salesman, you're just winding us all up here. F all round for Axon need signings in January. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll be the first ones at the window, JP. Collection <laughs> today. Um, Niall the Punk giving you an A plus for the music chat. So no, who knows? I mean, yeah. with these cup of tea, but we'll, we'll take it. Um, Brown Warrior just after mentioning there Aldi and Lidl surprised you've not bumped into Peter Lawwell shopping for replacements for the outgoing assets that was a discussion for last week I'm still not over that yet but um, we'll, we'll come back to that in a future show Sean we said the Cal Starfield we're going to give him a C JP you're giving him a C as well yeah um, yeah any, any sort of last words uh, I think he probably drives an automatic because he's can't use his left foot for the clutch. <laughs> I just like you he's not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to our loan signing, uh, Maritz Jens. He's got 19 appearances and two goals. Um, for me, he started off quite quite flaky at first. I think in the preseason friendlies, he looked. Very comfortable, very solid, could pick a pass. Um, and then you kind of get that sort of um, big Scottish striker syndrome where he comes up against a team that's got a big, tall striker and he didn't quite feel the most comfortable in those games. Um, and it kind of knocked his confidence a bit as well. In times in Europe, he's been very solid. and other times, he's been almost a weak link in that back four. Um it's been a hit or miss, but it's definitely um, looking as if there is a player there that we can extract um, even more out of. And for that reason, I'm giving him a B. Uh, Sean, what, what's your thoughts on Jens this season? I thought he started on fire. He was uh, scoring some good goals, driving with the ball when in possession. And, and for some reason, that's just dropped out of his game. Uh, I think maybe his confidence took a drop after a few defensive mishaps, uh, like you're talking about. He, he was... Kind of not attack, not being as ag- not as aggressive attacking the ball as I know I just slagged Starfield because of his technical ability. But the one thing that he's good at is he will attack the ball uh, generally. And uh, Jens has not been as good at that uh, to the point where I would probably actually rather would have Starfield in the team preferably. I would probably give Jens a C minus, and I wouldn't be looking to keep him next year. It's an interesting one for me. I think. We're talking what two and a half million pounds? Is that right? Is what it, yeah, to get him in next season. I think at that, and he's still quite young as well. I think it's a a gamble worth taking, JP. I don't know if I agree with that. I I don't know if I don't know if he has got it. I I, I, I kind of like him. He seems like a nice guy, and he's not been terrible. But I I can't pinpoint all the occasions where I've kind of went, mm, but there's been a few of them. There's been a few where I've had my had my doubts and there's not, not been many players that I've felt like that about, but I think with, with Jens, there's, there's been more than 
more than three or four occasions where I've sort of questioned whether or not he's as good as we can we can get at, at, at the back. So I would be surprised if we took up the option to buy him. Maybe proved wrong in that. And as as I always say, players have got the opportunity to make you to to make you look stupid. <laughs> and so in a couple of years' time, he could be a starting centre half for us. But I, I don't think he will be. Just go so through the see for me. See for you. See for you. Um, I do think we are only going to get to cover the the, um, the goalkeepers and the defenders. So we'll maybe come back for this next week. I don't want to keep everybody here. Plus, my throat's just about to give up. Um, but Richard Coleman saying self staff out by Jens. Polymorphosis B for Jens. Look, I think he looked great at his best. E.g., the Madrid home game. Good tackler and distributor needs to add consistency. He's had a few shaky games. I think we've all mentioned that. Brown Warrior says, out of the two, I'd have Jens long-term in place of Starfelt. Uh, and Paul Andrew Martin gives us a B-plus for him. Um, kind of slightly different to what you guys are thinking. I, I gave him a B. You guys have given him a C and a C-minus. So um, I think the second half of this season will be really important as to whether we spend that £2 million pound um, in the summer and whether he comes in as a full-time addition to the squad. I think he's in a good footing towards it, but a couple of big performances, especially in the, the amount of games that we'll have coming up um, as the turn of the year, um, could certainly sway that either way. Cameron Carter Vickers. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. 18 appearances, no goals so far this season from the big man, but for me, he's an absolute... Even if I He is. He is. He's absolutely doing that. Um... <laughs> For me, he's an absolute rock in that centre-half position um, and I was surprised that he didn't get as much that much game time for America in the World Cup. For me, he's someone that you build a team around and I would give him an A. Yep, A plus for me. I think he's one of those ones that's so consistent that you only notice it when he's out of the team. Uh, and his range of passing is great. There's one game, it was against Dundee United, I think, but it was just like three times in 10 minutes, he just played the cross-field ball three times in a row to Haksibanovic, who can, who was had the technical ability to kill it every time. And that's not something that any of our other centre-backs offer. Uh, and he, yeah, he, honestly, he's just great. Uh, he did make a couple of mistakes when he was coming back from injury. And I would have, if he hadn't been injured, he'd have been even better. But I'm still giving him an A-plus because you're doing... He's a massive gap in that team. And I believe some people have said uh, he's the best we've had since Van Dyke, and I can't really disagree with that. Yeah, JP, you're on that boat. Oh, immense, immense player. Um, again, I know I said that about Greg Taylor. You know, you come away from games and people have maybe had outstanding games that have scored a goal or set up a goal or both. But he, as often as you say about Greg Taylor being man of the match, you say it about Carter Vickers as well, <laughs> or you hear, you know, he's in the conversation for, you know, how was man, how was Carter Vickers not man of the match in that game? Because he just won everything 
so strong at the back, very, very calm. Um, I think it was a game at Celtic Park recently where he went to make a tackle and you knew he had no room for an error and he just cleaned the guy out and got the ball and the whole place went mental because we just know that we've got somebody at the back that is probably of a level that close to, not close to what Van Dijk has become, but close to what Van Dijk was when he was at Celtic, which was a head and shoulders above anybody else in his position in, in, in the league. I'm going to be quite controversial here. I'm going to say that um, for all the praise that big Christopher Iyer got, Cameron Carter-Vickers is the defender that Christopher Iyer wanted to be. Yeah. Because when you look at it, I mean, Christopher Iyer and um, Cameron Carter-Vickers both not blessed with pace, but the positioning that um, Cameron Carter-Vickers gets himself into, he's always on the right side of the ball. He's always, as you say there, he's always ready to make the tackle. And I very rarely saw him make a late tackle that would cause us any problems. Um, mm-hmm. And that was some of the, the kind of criticisms that um, Christopher Iyer got when he was at Celtic, the amount of maybe penalties he'd give away because his tackle was late or fouls he'd give away because it was a late tackle coming in. And if you look at what Christopher Iyer's became, and Cameron Carter-Vickers is still really young as well, I think you could definitely, in a couple of years' time, be looking at someone who's in the ballpark at £25 million plus. It's yeah. not beyond. It's not. I mean, given the way that transfers are going now, Calvin Bassey going for close to twenty million. I mean, <laughs> I'll crack the yeah. jokes <laughs> uh, if if that's what if that's what players are going for in, in the current climate. Is it only because he played in a run that led to them going to a European final? Is that is that what added up to? Yeah, it's, it's because he got man in match in the final. Seriously, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I know, I know that that's like possibly the reason, but I, I find that astonishing. And, you're, and I saw a tweet the other night. I think Ajax were drawing four each or something with somebody. Yeah, they were them, what they and then they were yeah, kind of saying, yeah. who, "Who was wearing the mask when we uh, <laughs> when when Rangers robbed us?" So, um, I, I I don't know. I, I think Carter Vickers is, is is immense, and I'm just I really really don't want us to sell him. There's not, all the the chat is that we're, you know, don't hang on to your heroes and don't, don't sort of, don't hope. What did he say? He said something like, "Well, well, everyone's got their heroes, but they're not all going. To, they're not always going to be here and stuff like that." So, if there's one player that I don't want us to sell, it's him. I'd love, love to see him for another season at least, um, yep. rather rather than go in January or the summer. Um, I think did he only play two Champions League games? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. When did he? Yeah. So, yeah. Excuse me. Kaiser HTCTC, who made his debut on Axom uh, yesterday. Cameron Carter Vickers is the reason I celebrated Thanksgiving this year, just to say thank you to America for CCV. Um, you can check out uh, Kaiser from yesterday. Look, we're going to get four players covered here in the next two and a half minutes. Let's see how quick we can do that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Alexander Bernabe. We spoke about Greg Taylor being in there as um, sort of first choice. Bernabe showed flashes, I think, so far this season, JP, of what he can do. Again, he's probably someone that needs a bit more game time. For that reason, I'd probably give him a B-. I'd go B. Um, I remember 
there was a game and it was an away game and I forget where it was, but I remember was it St Johnston maybe? I thought he did really well in, in, in a an away game where he started and he was really aggressive, always looking to go uh, to bomb forward, offer something different to Taylor, I think, in the way that he plays. And I think you can see that, that you can see that as you were saying about potentially developing gens, I think you can see the potential to develop Burnaby into a really top player. Um, I like him. Yeah, I, I like him. yeah. C for me, he, he carries the ball really well when it's when he's dribbling, but uh, his position <coughs> defending is shocking, and he concedes possession way too often. So he's made eight appearances this season. He's got no goals, but he does have plenty of penalty points. Um, Tony Ralston, nine appearances, no goals so far this season. Um, again, kind of swapping in and out with Joseph Juranovic. Um, again, so reliable, never lets the side down and always is looking to get uh, beyond his man and get forward. For me, even in the appearances he's had this season, I'd give him a B plus. I, I would even extend that to an A. Like, he's another one when he when he starts a game, he's always a shout for being man in, uh, in contention for man in the match. Unless someone scores two or three goals, he's in with a shout every time. Yeah, JP is just so ever reliable at that position, and considering probably what eighteen months ago he could have been out the door, and I, I have to hold my hands up. I didn't think that he would ever make it at the club. He's proven everybody wrong. I don't think I don't think many people. Well, I know that Paul and Amy both commended him for his performance against Livingston when we came back from Dubai. He was the the one guy I think that got pass marks in that game. But I, 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 I think, obviously, where I, where I sit in the in the ground, I see him and like if he's on the right side, um, I see him how he behaves and how he acts. Like if he if he makes a mistake, he's absolutely raging with himself. And I think to have that, he's, he's obviously got a level of motivation now that he knows that when he gets given a chance, he has to impress. And he, and he, he as, Sean says he arguably does that all the time, you know, to to push to put himself in the conversation for for a man of the match performance. And yeah, he's not flash or anything like that. He doesn't do flash things, but he just adds a he adds a kind of steel and determination in that side. That and again, he's Scottish, which I like. Um, so yeah, a, a for me, a for you. We move on. We've got two players left: Stephen Welsh, six appearances, one goal. Uh, that coming in on the opening day of the season. Um, for me, I think he's someone who really needs a loan spell now that we're bringing in um, Edeguchi, sorry, not Edeguchi, sorry, uh, Kobayashi. Um, he's, I don't think he's someone that's going to get the game time over the likes of uh, Starfelt, Jens, Karabikers. Um I think he could potentially be a very good utility option for Celtic, but... Um, he needs much more game time before he can do it for me uh, and his performances so far this season I would probably give him a C yeah, it's a D, D, for, D for me uh, he, the only positive contribution he's made was in that opening game uh, and he needs to go out and get 30 games and he's not doing much coming in and out of our team and he was a bit of a liability when he did come into the team in Europe but I, I do think he can make it I just think he needs to go and get a run of games somewhere else Yeah JP I think that's a kind of common theme we, we want to see him coming through but he's just not getting that opportunity now he needs to go 
bit like Mickey Johnson, we've been screaming on Mickey Johnson to go and get a loan spell. He seems to be doing really well in Portugal. Let's see what Welsh can do when he's playing week in and week out. And like Ralston did as well. Ralston went out on a couple of loan spells. Um, maybe, maybe the most successful, but maybe he used those loan spells as motivation to succeed at Celtic. You know, because he's been out there and seen what it's like on the other side and gone, I need to screw the nut here. And maybe that attitude led to him getting a deal because obviously Postacoglu places a lot of emphasis on a, a player's character and their, their their attitude and things like that. So maybe those loan spells have helped him in a way to get the deal with Celtic that's allowed him to extend his Celtic career. So maybe Stephen Welsh coming out of the comfort zone of Celtic and the environment that's there where everything's cushy and going and having to be in a sort of... a. a a vastly different environment in, in a way, uh, sorry, in a in a smaller club, then that could give you the the determination to succeed, or it could be the case that he ends up playing really well at that, that club and they want to sign him, and that's that's the end of his Celtic career. It's kind of that's the way it will probably go. I think if you're looking at it, if he can get a move to um, a kind of top six team, the way that Liam Scales has managed to do, and he's had a good season so far then that would be a great move for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be looking to play him for a bottom six team. I think when we've sort of made those moves, it doesn't really suit the style of football that Celtic want to play, and it's not got that sort of you've got to win every game mentality uh, built into it. So if he can make a move down to the English uh, leagues for a team that's really pushing for promotion, or even come back and finishing his loan spell at Morton that he didn't complete because Morton are pushing for the, the title this year with Ayr, Welsh and Ambrose centre half. Welsh and Ambrose at centre half. There you go. Um, so, what, what would you give Welsh so far this season then, JP? C. C. One player left to go. We'll wrap it up after this. Uh, Joseph Juranovic. I think this one's actually quite controversial because we're, spoke, we're speaking about someone who could potentially be moving on for a big fee. But in terms of his performances for Celtic this season, certainly compared to last, I don't think he's kind of lived up to it. Um, I think he's he's not been as effective. Um, he's not created as much for us, um, and he's still missed a penalty, which most people have done for Celtic this season. Um, I'm going to give I'm going to give him a B minus. To be honest, JP, I think there's so much more that he's shown that he can get out of him, but I don't know if his head's in the right place at the minute. I that's the when you started talking about him, B minus was what was in my head to say. Because I feel the same way. We all know he's a good player. He's not been terrible, but then at the same time, he's not been the quote-unquote fireball that he was a lot of the time last season. Um, And maybe it is because he's been distracted by chat of a move, distracted by the World Cup. It's a weird time of the the year to have a World Cup and he would have had full knowledge that he was going to be playing every game for Croatia so that's a distraction itself he wasn't going there to be a bit part player he was going there to to play every game and and that was that would have been his first World Cup right he's not played in the World Cup before before now so you can almost allow it a little bit to have that distraction but that's to our um, detriment that he's had that distraction and well, we're all about Celtic, not about whether or not he has a good World Cup for Croatia. We want him to be playing the best football he can for us. Um, 
So I've made my peace with the fact that he's leaving. It, there's, there's, it, I know it's not come out and it's not official, but it's almost certain that he'll be gone next next month. Um, I just hope maybe he gets to, to have some sort of send-off because I don't think he should just leave, leave out this side door. So yeah. to speak, because, you know, he's been a popular player. He's contributed massively to getting the league title back last season after one of the worst years of my life. Um, so I don't think he should <laughs> meekly move away and not have a, a bit of fanfare and hopefully gets it. And we'll always yeah. have that Paninka in Europe as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly wrap up and I'll, get, I'll slightly higher and say he's on a B. Because uh, there's at least two occasions in the Champions League where I was thinking... Uh, two goals, rather, where I was thinking uh, if Ralston's on instead of Iran, which we don't concede that goal, uh, having a more physical defender there. Um, but yeah, if uh, if he does stay, which seems unlikely based on the chat, uh, then I would actually be happy for him to shift over to be our backup left back and send Bernabeu out on loan instead. It's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see. Um, if he does hang around in this January, what are folks saying about your comments? Um, let's see what we've got in the comments just before we wrap up. Um, Uncle Nobby's steamboat fireball to Fanny Boz is probably the funniest one. Um, Studs Lanigan saying dreadful lack of music chat today, guys. Well, we'll be back next week, don't worry about that. Um, Beach Boy saying JJ's played better for. Croatia in two weeks than what he has done for Celtic all season. I think that's that's generally the, the sort of consensus. Polymorphosis, JJ's a B for me. Seems to have the elite tools but doesn't translate it to an end product. Still does quiet things very well. Bit of a weird one. I agree with that. As, as I said, I, I feel as if there's so much more we can get out of him, but he's just not showing it. It's almost as if he's holding back a bit this season. Heads um, out the door. No, no, there's no sort of get out the door for him. So No, 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 I mean his head's out the door. Oh, his head's out the door, sorry, I thought we were looking to see if there was anybody that was wanting him gone, but uh, no, all good. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting discussion in the second half. We'll, we'll have to reconvene and do um, the midfielders and the forwards uh, again at another show. Thank you very much to JP and for Sean for for carrying me today. I'm away to get a hot water bottle and wrap up well. <coughs> See, there we go. Oh, there <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, thank you very much for joining us. We're delighted to be um, over 20,000 subscribers. Please continue to, to like and share and comment. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, and we'll try to put the best show on as we can as possible. Thank you once again for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Until tomorrow, take care, stay safe, and as always, hail hail. Message and data rates may apply.
Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.